Hashtag hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Whoa! G'day, Maddie's Bushwhacker Luke here, 2015 Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! This is pro wrestling's only modern day Viking Gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Bluepants Bates. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mount and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, fellas, uh, you guys have a great day. And and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my God. (laughs) We're in. (laughs) We've had 70-degree weather here. We really had a warm December. And I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. So. My name is Carl Carafel, and this is Turnbuckle Talk, episode 295. Yes, inching our way up to that 300 mark. Today's episode I have entitled, Here's to the Billy Bomb. So let's cheers to the Billy Bomb with our non-sponsored Dr. Pepper at this time. Oh, so good. Those 23 flavors. Yes. As you see there and you hear there right now, that is in the video flesh. Corporate Joe with me today. Joe, it is so good to have you back here with me on Turnbuckle Talk, man. How the hell are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. It's been a hot minute since I've been here and it's always a pleasure to come on here as rarely as I get to. And, uh, I'm excited to see what we're going to talk about. Yes, because I have not really told you about anything except nope. uh, two two things I really kind of kind of put out there for you. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that Canada dude, amazing guy coming in. I'm here for the drama. We were we were definitely going to get to the drama. I don't think it's going to be the last thing. But I know it's going to be coming up very very soon. And I absolutely love all of these emoticons that are available here then there's even a turnbuckle talk one available over on the our local establishment twitch page i've got my own twitch page as well it is turnbuckle studios we're broadcasting to our local establishment, Turnbuckle Studios Twitch, Turnbuckle Studios on YouTube, and Turnbuckle Talk on Facebook to get it out to as many people as we possibly can. And I would love for everyone that is watching to interact with us here so that we can keep our affiliate status with our local establishments and possibly help get me to affiliate status with my Twitch itself as well. I have got today one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven different things to go over with you here, Joe. First thing that we're going to go over is Ed in the chat who comes in and says, hey, in the car doing errands. Have a great show. Thank you, Ed. One of probably my biggest supporters through this entire thing since I've been going solo. It has been absolutely amazing, Ed. Thank you. You know how much I love you. Mr. Chris Best coming in here as well. He is over on our Facebook page. 
at TB Talk Pod on Facebook. Thank you so much for that, Chris. I know you're going to enjoy the show tonight, and I know that you're going to have a lot to converse about here as well. So I want to talk a little bit about an injury that has happened here first. And whether or not it's time to just go his way, ride into the sunset, and say it's been a great career. We're talking a guy who faced off against Grayson Waller in NXT on the November 1st edition of NXT. Speaking of NXT, stick around. Because at about 10.05 tonight, Eastern Standard Time, you are going to catch uh, a great show with a couple of great friends of mine talking about NXT later on. They're going to take over your Twitch stream. Yes. That is Parrish and Astrid. So who I'm talking about, Joe, is R-Truth. Ooh. Okay. So he he's confirmed <laughs> that he has been sidelined with an injury. What has actually happened to him is uh, that he, he landed awkwardly when he uh, dove outside of the ring. The referee actually stopped the bout and officials helped him into the back. So thank you to each and every one of you with praying hands, hands up. I might turn this into a documentary, he says in a little uh, Twitter video. In the Twitter video, he says, hey, 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 what's up? First off, I want to thank each and every one of y'all for y'all's concerns and get your get-wells, your prayers, your support. Yes, unfortunately, yeah, I got hurt. I did tear my quad tendon, and I'm back at the surgery now as we speak. It is what it is, right? You guys know I'll be back. I want a you without you. There ain't no me. I'll be back before y'all know it. He seems pretty adamant that he is going to make be making a return after this injury, after this surgery. Our truth is in his fifties, dude. Yep. Um. What do you think? It's tough with him because I mean, first of all, though, well, hopefully he does get better. And we could see kind of where we're sitting at. Um, fortunately, he didn't pull the Vince McMahon and tear both quads simultaneously in one fell swoop. Uh, right. That'll never be let down ever in a million years. But, um, I mean, if there's anybody that I think that can bounce back and recover from this, it's truth. I mean, he uh, very much like the Miz and some of these uh, uh, talents stay healthy for long periods of time. Uh, maybe not um, main event guys, but guys that they can rely on to you know, kind of carry the middle and beginning parts of the show on a regular basis. And yeah, like at 50 years old, man, I mean, he can move arguably better than some of the younger people um, in the company. So um, it'd be a shame for this to be the end for him because, I mean, he's just, he's he's never been that top, top guy. Right. Uh, Like he, you know, the the audience uh, loves this guy. And at the end of the day, man, it'd be a shame to lose him. Uh, but I think if anybody might be like a fun addition to like a pre-show uh, panel or maybe the commentary desk, I don't know about that one. But like, I mean, he's got a personality that people gravitate towards. So even if he can't work in the in-ring, 
You could definitely make use of him elsewhere. I agree. They definitely can make use of him elsewhere, which I think would be absolutely fantastic. My concern is he did a dive outside of the ring and got injured. Okay. Yeah. He is getting older. How many more injuries are going to happen from being inside the ring? I don't want to see our truth go. I, I don't like like don't don't say that I do because I really don't. I want to see our truth come back, but I'm concerned about his well being from this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, time will tell, man. Uh, I, I think what you do with him is like you said, fifty years old. I think it it probably is time to pivot towards like a, a performance center type of position, whether it be some type of coach or something like that. Like right. That would be fantastic. Don't push the lock to where you, know, you have to end your career on some horrible, horrible injury and not to get, to go out on your own terms, right? Right now, you can probably rehabbing it better, and then we could do some type of retirement match where he can go the way he wants to go, and then right. from there, become a performance uh, center coach. That would be absolutely fantastic. I think it would be too. At this point, we don't know how long our truth is going to be out of action for. All we know is that he will be out of action, but we don't know for how long. And that's what's up. See, now what you could do, like if there was a way to, right? I, I think this would be so clever if you could get both companies on the same page, which I mean, probably impossible, right? It's like you, while he's rehabbing, you have the storyline where his contract has seemingly expired, or he thinks that maybe it expired. So he shows up on AEW and goes, "So <laughs> is this the WWE? You haven't played do the aloof r truth thing, right?" It's like, so like, well, you know, where's John Cena? You know, like, not with AEW. You have him show up, but you have him do that with like the ex WWE guys. You have him show up with like Daniel Bryan and they <laughs> Regal. It'd just be like, hey, so like, where's like, where's Vince? And we're like, where's the rest of the WWE guys here? As cool as that would be, I mean, right? I, it, it would be. With AEW, I don't think that that could happen. It would be great oh, entertainment. Right. Um, Fantasy booking at its stupidest, right? So. Maybe, though, with GCW. Hey. Maybe. Because G I know that the WWE and GCW maybe want to kind of have a little bit of a partnership thing going on here, right? Um, even though, you know, GCW is Game Changer Wrestling is really known for its uh, deathmatch hardcore style. Um, there are some good talent that are over there as well. That uh, obviously Triple H is always, always got his eyes out there looking at all the different yeah. talent, right? So... Something like that I could see. Chris Best says, if R-Truth has to retire, I'd go ahead and hire him as a trainer or a producer. I think we're fully in agreement with that here as well. Um, yeah, I would love that as well. Chris Best saying, have uh, Canadian Wrestling's Elite bring R-Truth to our <laughs> area. I would, I would, I would definitely, I like, I would tell the boss, um, I'm not working. I need the night off. I have to go and see our truth. Right. Like yeah. have to. Thankfully, as management within the company, I do kind of have a little bit of that luxury <laughs> where I can just, you know, kind of say, Hey, I kind of need the night. Um, you know, I don't need like a whole week off for a vacay, but I just kind of need the night. And 
usually I get it, which is pretty good. And I think that, yeah, having uh, CWE bring our uh, truth in, I would totally be down for that. For sure. So our truth is going to, at some point, return. That's his plan, anyways. So it looks as though the WWE, as well, has had plans of their own in bringing people back. Triple H. Triple H is bringing people back. Now, I don't know if you saw this on Raw, but we finally got a new member of the OC, of the original club. I did see that. That new member being Mia Yim, returning Mia Yim. Now, this has honestly, from what I have seen from the internet uh, marks out there, has been a plethora of great and bad as well with people saying, ah, she really isn't anything special. Why are we bringing her back? Blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Other people going, this is absolutely insane. If you watched yesterday along with me and uh, like I was watching the show and I went insane for Mia Yim yeah. showing up and coming back, I was like, "Oh my god, this is absolutely amazing!" Chris was Chris Parrish was 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 kind of excited. Um, keep in mind, he had about three other shows that he was watching at the same time due to his fantasy teams that he's got. But we both were actually kind of excited about this. I'm still excited about this because now this adds that female element into the OC to come and face the judgment day and be a formidable opponent for Rhea Ripley. Yes, Chris Best saying it correctly. I did mark out hard. I did. I was excited. Now, you you were nodding your head that you saw this. What were your yeah. thoughts when you saw Mia Yim return? Well, first of all, before I give that actual thought, uh, this segues kind of nicely into something. One of the main reasons why I did want to come on this week, and I think it fits quite nicely with this. It, you know, being away from wrestling for quite a while, you know, I've had time to ponder this kind of opinionated stuff, right? So, you know, over, over the years doing this podcast, you know, I, I, I've always been pretty vocal about my opinions on how I feel like wrestling, wrestling should be structured a certain way, and uh, if this is being done in a certain way, I think that that's kind of wrong. But I've had, had time really to kind of digest and really think about how I feel about professional wrestling. And, you know, at the end of the day, just like with music and movies and this kind of stuff, there's going to be stuff that people like and people don't like, right? There's stuff when it, when it comes to, to music, there's genres of music I absolutely adore and there's genres of music I absolutely despise. With wrestling, it's the same kind of thing. And it's, 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 it's probably the same thing kind of with everybody, but at the end of the day, that thing that you might hate might be something that somebody else loves, right? So it, it's it's a mixed bag for everybody, and it's just not, in my opinion, cool to just crap on somebody because they like a certain thing, I mean, because you feel differently, right? right. It, it, it's this, it, and we see this a lot on social media as well, right? Where there's this narrative of well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I 
I've, I've gone as far as saying that, that is not a thing because as soon as your opinion usually differs from somebody else, then you can't it's have wrong. an opinion. It's wrong, right? <laughs> right. So yeah. for lack of a better term, best way to describe that, it's bullshit because everybody is going to have a different opinion. There are no groups of people that are going to agree on everything. It's impossible, right? So at the end of the day, you know, there, there's stuff that I love. There's stuff that I hate. And you know what? Stuff that I hate, I don't watch. And stuff that I do like, right. I will watch at the end of the day, right? And, and I think that's, that's a model a lot of wrestling fans should follow because, uh, you know, the fan base is still something I think it is really, really wrong with uh, the wrestling business combined with the social media. But looping back into it to me, AM, um, I personally wasn't a, wasn't a fan of it, to be, to be perfectly honest with you. I had nothing okay. against her as a comparator. I think she's a fantastic female wrestler. But right. for me, it just didn't quite feel like it fit with the OC type type of thing. Like it just for me, like it, it just it, she doesn't look like she quite fits in her. That's just my personal take. I may be proven wrong. I have been proven wrong in the past. <laughs> I went as far as predicting that Stone Cold Steve Austin was not going to come back for WrestleMania, and he proved me wrong. And so, um, if I can be proved wrong, that's great. And but if that's just my opinion about it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean because I feel a certain way it doesn't mean it's actually bad. It's just not something that I like. And I leave it at that, right? Carl uh, probably very much enjoys it. That's cool, right? We can agree to disagree. Oh, yeah. Just like with anything else. And just like it says down in the ticker below, the views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the respective speaker and do not reflect... The views of the network as a whole. Put put, put it to this way as a final kind of thing here. Yeah, yeah, wrestling yeah. Is your, wrestling is your wrestling. Make it what you want to be and leave it at that. Your, your, your wrestling is probably different from my wrestling, different from Chris's wrestling, different from Astrid's wrestling. Everybody has their wrestling. Enjoy it for what you like, but don't shit over somebody else because they like something completely different with you. Because <laughs> so just like with anything else, there are different tastes and flavors for everybody. Just enjoy what you enjoy. Very true. Very, very true. And and very fitting words. Like just just absolutely amazing to, to, to hear those words coming from you, Joe, who is somebody who was uh, always very vocal about uh, his likes yeah. and dislikes. Um, and I still so feel it's that it's way. a great Oh yeah, you no, know, definitely. But but I've seen that growth come from you now. Yeah. You were you were more uh you were more understanding to other people's opinions and views on it as well, which is awesome. Chris Best uh, coming in saying, when I see something new like Mia Yim joining the OC, I almost always take a wait and see approach, which is great. And that's exactly what I'm doing here as well. I was just excited for Mia Yim to have returned. She could have returned in a segment with Matt Riddle and I would have been okay with it. Yes, Joe, Matt Riddle is growing on me. I heard, yeah. He I is. Heard. He I'm, is. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a great idea, though. And honestly, I want your take on this. If not Mia Yim, then who? Um, I don't know if there's anybody in the company who has had ties to um, stardom or anything in the past, like Kyrie Sane or something like that. Might have been, I think, a choice because then you could kind of tie that into. 
Um, we can so say that on, on their show, the Bullet so, Club. Right, the Bullet Club, right? So, I mean, it, but I don't think that there's really anybody available to WWE in that respect. So, um, it's the type of thing where I'm, I'm thinking maybe they just went with whoever they had that's available, not doing anything. Um, so, well, we'll Mia, Mia Yim was working for Impact. Yeah. So, Mia Yim actually left Impact to return to the WWE. Yeah. Surprising to given the way that uh, her husband left the company um, for her to come back to WWE as well, right? So, I mean, that says a lot probably about her and the company as well to be able to mend things, right? Because, you know, that, that's likely probably something we would not have seen if uh, Mr. Vincent Kenny McMahon were still running the show, right? So she probably would have been like, yeah, no, I'm good. You know, you can use, you know, Dakota Kai or something, right? So use somebody right. else, right? So... But, um, you know, I, I think she has the experience. And very much as Paris said, you know, I will play that, you know, let's let's see how it unfolds before I make too much of a judgment. But my initial thing was it did feel like maybe not the greatest of fits, but we, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. And just, just to, to correct you there for a moment, that's Chris Best, not Chris Parrish. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of talk about professional wrestling that we do on this show and we rarely talk about video games but i want to touch on video games right now with you because i know that you were you were somebody who enjoys playing video games um aew has a video game that is going to be coming out yep their first console game had its uh, first big reveal Yep. Back in August, THQ is doing it. They're producing it. Yep. It's called Fight Forever. So word coming out right now, and there's good news on the horizon, is that when AEW Fight Forever is released, it will be part of the Xbox Game Pass Day one. No waiting. No having to wait. None of that bullshit. They are putting it out game on Xbox Game Pass day one. This is something unheard of, especially in the video game professional wrestling scene. I know that you play video games and I know that you enjoy playing professional wrestling video games as well. I want your take on how monumental this is right now for the game to be available to like over 25 million subscribers of the Xbox or the Microsoft service. Wow, dude. Wow. It's interesting. I'm kind of glad this comes up because it's right in my wheelhouse as well. What I do with my day job, um, Without saying too much, you know, I, I work in an electronics department in a, a large retail store. So this is something that's right, right in my wheelhouse. Um, as of recently, um, you know, when it comes to games, um, I've very much gone with a minimalist, minimalist kind of approach. You okay. Know, I, I, I've had Playstations, I've had Xboxes, Nintendo Switches, none of those anymore um, because... You know, I focused, um, I do play a lot of Magic the Gathering, as you can kind of see in the background. Um, 
I've shifted more towards that. Do I still love video games? Absolutely. It's part of my job, uh, my day job. When it comes to, to this, the, the part that's interesting is that, uh, is that it's going to a service where you're, it's, it's not necessarily for free because, I mean, people are paying for Game Pass. But right. uh, what's interesting is that if you're ever bored one of these days and you purchase a digital game, read the agreement that you're agreeing to. Because it's very, very interesting because when you actually take the time to read it, you do not own a digital game. You are purchasing a license to use that game. And that license can be revoked at any time for whatever reason by the publisher or the manufacturer's decision, right? Um, PlayStation 3 people saw this very recently when that digital store was shut down. Any games that you, digital games that you owned that weren't downloaded on the system, you have permanently lost access to. So what, what I say to people, digital games, cool. When it comes to ownership and preservation and that kind of stuff, digital games are terrible. Whenever you possibly can, if you um, have a system that takes a disc or a cartridge, what have you, it's a, it's, a lot of times it's the same price too, by the way. Digital games are the same price right. as physical games. That's a whole other discussion we can have. <laughs> but always buy the physical game if you can, because then at the very least, worst case scenario, you can at least trade that in towards something else if you wish. You cannot do that with the digital game. So that's right. <laughs> that part of it. Um, I, I think it is cool. Uh, Money-wise, I'd be a little wondering because you're not going to make as much money with that whereas as if people are actually buying the game full price. So we'll see how that goes because, by the way, because uh, Microsoft is looking at purchasing Activision, which is um, the publisher of one of the biggest games of their Call of Duty. So right. if that acquisition were to happen, Call of Duty would become a Microsoft exclusive. So oh, shit. There's a lot going on in that arena, right, dude? So it, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> um, so looping back around to what you were actually asking about with the AEW game. Um, right. it, it looks interesting. It has very much more of like an arcade kind of approach. Um, I will say that I think that they're rushing it. I think that they're rushing it a little too quickly. I think it needs another year to okay. really kind of fine-tune this, maybe add some more people, maybe take out CM Punk if you want to. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, but I, I think that it's the type of thing where I think that they're rushing it to try and compete. And I, I think there's a bit of a chip on Uke's, uh, THQ's shoulder as well with this and i think that they want to try and outdo wwe i think it's the wrong focus take the time and put out a really good game take however much time it takes don't rush it to market because that might be bad so with with that being said first with that being said we have to take a drink the actual chris Parrish this time that's right that's right <laughs> Good to see okay. him come in here as well. Not fake Chris Parrish. Real Chris Parrish. <laughs> we'll get to this comment. Chris Best says, So as a gamer myself who plays on PlayStation, while yes, this does affect me, I don't mind if I have to wait as most games get released broken anyways. Now, that while that is... <laughs> right. That's your Nintendo. To go to your point, where you say that that the game is being rushed, okay? So, Fight Forever is being developed by Ukes, THQ, Nordic, 
and is currently scheduled to be released on the Xbox Series XS, the Xbox One, the PS5, the PS4, the Nintendo Switch, and the PC. But we still have no official release date. So they could still take a year for this to happen. There still could be a full freaking year before we even see this game come into the market for exactly those things to maybe remove CM Punk out of the game now uh, because of all the bullshit issues that have happened and gone on there. I don't know. I don't know. It still could be quite a while. I don't know if you you wanted to venture down that rabbit hole at all, but my take on that CM Punk thing has actually changed a little bit. I mean, we can approach that if you want to, but um, also with the development of the AEW game, apparently there were some issues specifically with Kenny Omega um, dealing with the developers. Apparently he didn't jive too well with that team. Um, Yes. So like I said, um, take your time guys. Don't put out a turd. Just let it bake and put it out when it's ready. And I think they are. I think that that's, uh, that's what's good. I think that they're taking their time with this. So what we're going to do right now, we are at the halfway point. We are going to take a few minutes for some commercial breaks here on the show, and we are going to come back. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the issues that have been going on as of late with the Billy Bomb. So stay tuned. The official Turnbuckle Studio shop is open. Official merchandise from all the favorite shows, plus merchandise you can only find here. Stuff from Turnbuckle Studios. Carl Carafel unboxes. The Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke. Miscellaneous products that you can only find here. Beats and beat downs, and turnbuckle talk. Find all this merchandise exclusively at carlcarafel.redbubble.com. and Carl slash through topics that are out of this world. Ghosts, Bigfoot, Angels and Demons, Dogmen, Mothmen, Suicide Forest, Bermuda Triangle, and more. Let your senses tingle with excitement, but keep the lights on, because it's scary in the dark. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. 
the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. And a big thank you to each and every one of you for coming back and sticking with us here on this edition of Turnbuckle Talk, episode 295, where now we are going to be discussing, well, here's to the Billy Bomb. There has been some definite uh, craziness that has been happening and going on with Billy Corgan and the NWA. Joe, I don't know if you know very much about this and it's this situation that is going on, but hey, hey, it's Astrid. She's coming in. I hope you were doing well. I know that uh, you have storm warnings happening down in your area. And we definitely are just praying for you and making sure that everything is good. We're sending all of our well wishes to you and everyone down there that is affected. I have many friends down there. Uh, Big Vito and Noel Harlow uh, are down there as well as Miss Kim is down there. Um, I have a lot of friends down in your area and I'm really, really hoping for the best. I even have a friend that's down there visiting in Orlando right now. And uh, yeah, she uh, she was at uh, one of the uh, parks down there, not a Disney park, but down at a park, and they were even under a storm warning watch going on. So we we're definitely keeping you top of mind and uh, hoping that everything works well. Astrid, hopefully, will be uh, okay and still have power. Yes, Astrid, we all want you to have power. <laughs> your friend zone is thinking about you yes so that she can continue and do a show later tonight with mr chris Parrish. so joe what do you know about this situation that's going on right now with billy corgan and the nwa as well as former guest of turnbuckle talk as you heard at the very beginning of the show mr nick at that time magnus aldis um, all that I've literally heard is that he's either his contractor is up or he's opting out or what the <clears throat> the exact scenario is I don't know. I just know that it appears that he's on the verge of being a free agent, which um, has me kind of excited because I think that you know he's one of the best wrestlers to I've never signed with the WWE. Um, right, right. Now, my only reservation is because one of my current beast with AEWs that the roster is extremely bloated, you know, and not everybody is getting used until we're starting to run into the same issues that we've had with WWE before. So as much as I love Nick Aldis and would love to see him working for the premier company in the business, uh, it's a tough thing because it's starting to turn into the thing. that's like, we're taking everybody back and we're starting to get big roster wise again. So I just say, you know what? Uh, maybe sit tight for now. Maybe go do the G1 or do something over in New Japan for a little while. You know, 
visit the territory, so to speak, and then maybe let the dust settle and maybe let them come to you and go from there. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, essentially, yes, that, that is it, right? So, um, Nick Aldis's contract is coming up. He has about 50, 53 to 55 days left of his contract. He has said, I am not re-signing he has gone on to say that uh, he, he just he isn't happy. He isn't happy with the direction that the company is going. He isn't happy with what is happening with the company as well. So he's decided that he does not want to renew his contract. So Billy Corgan turns around and says, okay, so we're going to suspend you indefinitely then. I did not hear that part. Yes. What? So NWA announced that Nick Aldis has been suspended and pulled from Saturday's Hard Times 3 pay-per-view and Sunday's Revolution Rumble event. The suspension comes after Aldis noted in a now-deleted Instagram uh, video from the weekend that he gave his notice to the company following differences between he and NWA president Billy Corgan as the promotion became so embarrassing that he can no longer be part of it. So those are the words that came from <laughs> Nick Aldis, who is obviously at this point a little disgruntled, which everybody gets that way. Everybody does. Everybody hates the fuck out of their job. I, I said that word. Everybody hates the crap out of their job at times where they've just had enough and they're fed up and they're like, dude, I'm going to quit. Like, I just, I can't do this anymore. I'm sick of it. Maybe that's the point that Nick Aldis is at right now. So in turn, Billy Corgan says, if you're not happy, then I'm just going to suspend you. What the actual F, David Blaine? <laughs> It's it's this. It's the type of thing where I think that, you know, the, the, when the NWA came back, there was that initial charm, right with right. power. You know, I, I was one of their biggest supporters, at least I think, anyways. But that char that charm wore off very quickly. Um, you know, during the pandemic, mm -hmm. I understand the challenges everybody had. Right. I mean, th then they went to like this paid model, and then they reneged on that and went back to the free stuff on YouTube. It's just like what, what, I, what I think we're seeing here is that we're seeing somebody who's a fan of wrestling and thinks they know how to run a wrestling company, running a wrestling company, without the proper minds there to kind of provide that guidance and say, hey, you know what? Maybe you should tell one of the best wrestlers on the planet to be like, yeah, we're going to suspend you just because you voice an opinion. Right. Right. What we should have done is we should have had those people telling Billy, hey, you know what? Maybe we should negotiate with Nick, you know, and, and maybe let, let's see if we can keep him, you know, maybe offer him a better deal and just say, hey, you know, our bad, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do for you. But, but just be like, hey, yeah, so fuck you too. Pardon my language. So that's <laughs> yeah. me now. Um, but uh, it's just, it, it's annoying because, I mean, you know, we, you and I both talked to Nick years ago. Yeah. I mean, he was a class act. You know, oh, yeah. Later on, you know, after the interview, he even checked us and asked how we were doing. Right? Yeah. He didn't have to do that. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it's – and he gets a lot of heat from uh, 
you know, especially journalists and wrestling business for being like this. No, that wasn't our experience at all with it. And I, I think Nick's, Nick's a world-class uh, wrestler and yeah. whoever gets him uh, will be in a good position. I, I hope that he uh, maybe goes to New Japan and does a run there for a little while. I think that he would be a pretty cool attraction there because right. you know, British wrestlers aren't a big thing over there, and Japanese wrestlers like things that are different. Yes. So I think that he, I think he would be really cool there. And I think so benefit, as well. And a benefit you have Mickey there as well, and because Stardom is essentially looped into New Japan now, you could have Mickey doing some Stardom. Yeah. Right, you see where I'm going with this. Oh yeah, right, so, oh yeah. I think that I think that would be awesome, <laughs> and you could have them be like a power couple over there in New Japan. That'd be right up the Japanese uh, fan base's wheelhouse there. So it, yeah, yeah, it we'll definitely see, would be. But you know, like I said, you know, as much of a supporter as I have been for the NWA, they're shooting the bed kind of uh, recently. And if they lose, in my opinion, their top guy, there's not a whole lot left there for them. Sorry. I heard it said very very nicely. Um, just today, actually, I'm going to get to what was said <coughs> first. My guy, Bobby Munson coming in here. Hello, gentlemen. Hope you're having a great evening. I'm having a great evening. I hope Cheers. you are as well. My brother, Bobby Munson, and I do beats and beatdowns. As you saw in that commercial season two is coming. I'm trying to work things out schedule wise so that we can have our big live show and have it not fall on a holiday so that we can ensure that we have everybody available because we're going to have a very special guest on the show with us for our season finale of beats and beatdowns. So stay tuned for that. What I heard today was the NWA's weekly shows are absolute shit, but their pay-per-views are amazing. And I had to agree. Sounds about right. Right. So I'm going to get to Chris Best's comment here. He says, okay. So Billy Corgan, to me, is one of those guys who cries if he doesn't get his way. We saw that. What That reminds me of Caillou? They're both bald. Holy shit. Billy Corgan is the adult Caillou. Who's Caillou? You you know, that little cartoon kid that always, like, beat up his sister and got away with shit? You know who Caillou is. I have to Google that. Yeah, you will. I'm an old man, right? I'm 42, so... Wow. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the kids are doing these days. This was when my kids were young. Oh. You know Ka- have, you know who Caillou is. I'll have to look into it. I'll have to look into it. So, okay. So, Billy Corgan, to me, is one of those guys who cries if he doesn't get his way. We saw that when he departed TNA, and he's done this time and time again as the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Are you Googling Caillou right now? I will be, but uh, first of all, the Smashing <laughs> Pumpkin things. Yeah, because yeah. like they would, so it wasn't too long ago they put out a new album. And so, yeah, you you know, you go on tour to support that new album. But also at the same time, you know, you want to, you know, show your fan base, hey, you know, here's some of the classics, some of the stuff you guys have really love about us. And Billy was just like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to 
just songs from the new album. You're not going to hear Bullet with Butterfly Wings, nothing like that. Fuck you guys. Shove the new music down your your throat, and if you don't like it, who cares? Right. Pretty much is what he did. So yeah. Oh yeah, it's now true. I have to look up Caillou. Caillou. Yep. Caillou. So something else that, and this is this is why I went with this whole whole like implosion thing design. The yes, that guy, that, that Caillou. Yes, that kid. Yeah. Now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. That's why. Th- so this is why I write. Here's to the Billy Bomb, because well, if you guys don't know, the Smashing Pumpkins actually have a song that's called "Here's to the Atom Bomb." So I decided to use that in this and called it "Here's to the Billy Bomb." Billy Corgan, as per Fightful Wrestling, is quoted as saying, "There are great women's wrestlers. Can they wrestle NWA style and carry a pay per view?" With question marks? Um, bitch, please. Yeah, Jesus, come back and there's Caillou right on the screen. Screw that kid. <laughs> um, okay, so Billy. William Patrick Corgan. Do you watch your own product? How amazingly successful was Empower? Oh, shit. Right? And that was all women. Yeah. What kind of drugs is Billy Corgan on right now? And no, I don't want to share any with him because these ones are absolutely insane. Dude, what do you think? Like, seriously, that statement right there. So Nick Aldis retweeted and quoted the tweet where Billy Corgan said, there are great women's wrestlers. Can they wrestle NWA style and carry a pay-per-view? He quoted as saying, if some of you are wondering... Whether stuff like this is factored into my decision to give my notice, you'd be correct. (laughs) What do you think of that statement from Billy Corgan, from William Patrick Corgan? It's to me, it comes off very much as he's somebody who is, I've been very guilty of this in my wrestling past, uh, of being kind of set in my ways and thinking I know how things are when that's not the case. Uh, that seems to be very much his train of thought is that he thinks things are going a certain way, but in reality, <laughs> it's a very, very much a different thing. Um, right. You know, it's, I don't know if he wants to go and start another company or what, or what he's looking at doing here, or if he just wants to get rid of everybody. One thing, I, one statement I will agree with the CM Punk on is that the grass is not always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. That is a very, very true statement, and it is very much the case. You know, if you can be in a place where things aren't ideal, but if you do things properly and allow things to, to grow in, in age and, and change in a good way, you can have a right. wonderful thing. But if you just shit all over Serena Deeb, Thunder Rosa, and all them for all the hard work that you do, um, don't expect them to come um, catering your ass now. Right. 
not at all. So for all of you, okay, I want you all to, at some point when you are able to, go to uh, the Turnbuckle Talk Facebook page. I have posted a link over there from my good friend Aaron Rift of NoDQ.com where he has a write-up there about Billy Corgan addressing the situation between Nick Aldis and the NWA. It is quite lengthy, but go and check it out because it actually is decent. And maybe, maybe from there, we can get everyone to comment on that and let us know your thoughts. Because now we've heard a lot from Nick Aldis's side. This is Billy's side of the story that's coming out. Go over there. Facebook.com slash TB talk pod. Take a look at that story. Leave your comments underneath and uh, let us know what you think of Billy's side of the story. We have another story to talk about here. We're going to talk about Austin Theory, who came out and lost to Seth Rollins on last night's edition of Monday Night Raw, the November 7th edition of Monday Night Raw. So we actually saw Seth Rollins come out for his uh, United States uh, Championship Open Challenge. We saw Bobby Lashley come down, who says... I want my championship back decimates uh, Seth Rollins before the bell even happens. Then, you know, he's like Bobby Lashley's taken to the back because, well, we don't want you to beat the shit out of this guy anymore. And then comes Austin theory with a briefcase. Okay. He comes down with a briefcase. He hands the briefcase to the referee, who then in turn hands it over to the ring announcer, and the ring announcer says, Austin Theory is cashing in his money in the bank on Seth Rollins for the United States Championship, to which Austin Theory lost. Are you surprised, one, that it wasn't for the World Championship, and two, that Austin Theory lost? While we wait for the comments from the people in the chat, Joe, I want your thoughts on this. I, for one, am not surprised, uh, because I think, you know, ever since Vince left the company... Uh, he lost his main cheerleader in Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And it seems like since then, um, I won't say that this guy's dead in the water, but he doesn't. he's not getting the push and the energy behind him that he did when Vince was still um, kind of pushing him. So um, right. it's the type of thing where it, it's like, you know, it's tricky because I, I think the, the guy's got some talent, but he – is lacking a little bit of that intangible quality. I think to really kind of put him over the top as you know, like a top tier guy, you know, definitely, I, I think like a great, like mid card, you know, United States champion. Sure. But I, I don't foresee him being anything greater than that. I think his ceiling is relatively low. Again, my personal take. Um, but yeah, that, that, I think that's the main reason why is that I think that um, it's because Vince is gone 
And seeing a failed cash in like that is always kind of, I guess it's different because we're so used to the, the, the guy getting the beat crappy out of him and then somebody right. else just capitalizes when they're down a week and it's a very short affair. So it always seems to play out one of those two ways. It's never just like a straight up thing. It's like there's always some type of shenanigans. And I right. get that that's kind of the shtick of the money in the bank. But, uh, you know, I think that they need to change that formula up a little bit just to add a little bit more unpredictability and excitement to the whole scenario. Chris Best coming in here saying, I'm surprised he cashed in. Instead of saying, I accept your open challenge. Now, with that, I can see the WWE putting a little twist in things and having Austin Theory go out there and say, listen, ref, listen, I didn't say I was cashing this in. I was simply handing this to you so that I could get in the ring for this open challenge from Seth Rollins and maybe twist it to allow Austin Theory to get that back. You know what I mean? Pluggo, my buddy. Good to see you in here. Thank you so much for popping in. I appreciate you. He says, Joe and Carl together makes me feel all warm inside. Oh, yeah. Makes me warm too, buddy. It definitely does. Pluggo is a stud. I tell you, Pluggo is a stud. The only thing I couldn't see that being the case with theory is because, you know, to the best of my knowledge, once that ring ring, um, person who ever mans the, the bell ring, as soon as they say... The person is cashing in. They've been handed that briefcase. I believe that's an official declaration that you are cashing in. So we'll see. But with that, so Austin Theory just handed him the briefcase. Uh, I didn't see what he said. I don't. I didn't hear what what Austin Theory said. Right? It was the referee who turned and said, "Oh, it's it, he's cashing it in." Right. So we don't know just yet. Now, that's just all speculation on my part. I really don't believe that that is what's going to happen. I believe that what's happened has happened and that Austin Theory is no longer the holder of the money in the bank contract and that, yes, he did lose that contract and that shot unsuccessfully cashing in. And I think that what we're going to see is a push now of Austin Theory. This isn't an end for Austin Theory. This isn't a go home for Austin Theory. Nothing like that. What this is, is I think that that he held on to this for so long, right? And he was holding on to this during like McMahon times, we'll say. Now let's wash those sins away and have Jesus H come in <laughs> And make everything whole again and rebuild Austin Theory with a push. That's uh, what I see happening. You know what? Uh, why I think that he doesn't really kind of click with me is because, you know, and, and again, <laughs> I'll preface this with I'm an old school wrestling fan, okay? I think you guys all know that by now. And um, I think the reason why it doesn't click with me with Austin Theory is because I can't tell if he's a good guy or a bad guy. The way that he okay. holds himself and interacts, I can't tell. For for me, it clicks with me when I see somebody clearly in either one of those roles. The tweeners have never really gotten over well with me because it's like, 
when I, I like it better when I see a clear direction. It's like, you know, this guy is aiming for the bad guy or this bad guy is looking to take the good guy out. Right? Understandable. He comes, off, he comes off as a tweener to me because I can't tell if the audience is digging him or hating him. And so it just it makes me hard to, to get behind him in either direction because I don't know which way it's going. Um, maybe that's just me, but hey, that's me. No, I totally get it. I totally do, and I totally understand yeah. that, and I'm okay with that. Definitely, I am. we got two more quick things to go over here, but before we do, you see that QR code there on the screen right underneath me? Rogue Energy. We are part of Rogue Energy. We are affiliates with them. Hit that QR code there. It is going to take you to the Rogue Energy website where they have... Um, like energy drink powders that are there for you. Your best option, honestly, is to get the shaker cup, which gives you samples as well. You're going to get, I believe it's about seven different samples that you can choose from with a shaker cup to try out the different flavors that they have. And yes, just recently, they now even have Rogue Energy available in can format. Plus, they have some really other cool merchandise as well. If you were watching yesterday with me on the Monday Night Raw Watch Along, you saw Chris Parrish with his Rogue Energy hat that he just got, where he said that it actually feels really, really nice. In the ticker down below, you're going to see the promo code OLEPODS. Get yourself 10% off your purchase over at RogueEnergy.com. Somebody who has a lot of energy was almost a superhero. Almost a superhero. I'm going to keep that promo code down there for the rest of the show for everyone. Make sure you're clicking that. It's right there. Scan it. You'll get in. Use that promo code. Nikki Cross, who has taken a transformation back to actual Nikki Cross instead of Nikki A.S.H. And has gone back to her crazy, psychotic, dark self. And I love it. Um, dare I say chubby? Yes. Okay. We saw Nikki Cross come out on Monday Night Raw and face off against Dana Brooke. If you want to know my thoughts on Dana Brooke, uh, go back and rewatch that matchup as I showed on the stream. Uh, because, well, I like the old Dana Brooke. I'm just, I'm just saying. We saw Nikki Cross take on Dana Brooke for the 24-7 championship. With Nikki Cross winning that matchup. And then we see her walking in the back with damage control. And they're walking. And Nikki has the title belt over her shoulder. Not even touching it or whatever. It's just hanging there. And they're walking. And she's got this huge, beautiful smile on her face. Looking absolutely gorgeous. And then she just takes the championship and drops it totally misses this like huge ass garbage can that's sitting there <laughs> but i i was okay with that i kind of liked that effect a little bit more than dropping it into the garbage can 
because it just shows that kind of kind of weird ish psycho type of she just doesn't even give a shit takes it and just drops it wherever she thinks the garbage is you hear it clink and sounds like it breaks on the ground is this the end of the 24 7 championship and if it is are you okay with that joe before I answer that question, let's back up a little bit because uh, with Nikki Cross, definitely cool to see her back to like the bad shit crazy Nikki Cross. Uh, even with the the sanity music, I don't know if you, know, you guys are picking up on that, but I mean, it, it sounds exactly the same as that old sanity music. Um, and I, I will disagree with Carl a little bit about Dana Brooke. You know, at, at least like looks and appearance wise, damn. I mean, she looks good so i mean she has clearly trimmed and like leaned down she she i think she looks fantastic and i, th- I mean the fact that she's still there means that they see some potential in her and i, I will give her some time because like I, I, the way I, I the look looks fantastic now she looks a million times better than she did when she was first on the roster and came from nxt and all that i think she looks great now um so i'm excited to see what will come from her give her a chance give her a chance but for the the twenty four seven thing, I think that I'm cool with that going away because I think that was very much a a Vince McMahon thing, of where let's give the undercard something to do to fill airtime for this three right. hour show that we're doing every week, right? So I think good riddance, it's gone, um, and let's just stick to the no bullshit wrestling content. Let's have this flowing like a TV show, right? This is. I think that they really need to embrace this entertainment aspect. You know, the wrestling is obviously still a part of it, but make it like a TV show. And I think that that 24-7 thing, I think it was a, a disservice to a lot of those talents, like guys like Bobby yeah. Roode um, and stuff like that that were resorted to doing that. Damn shame. So these guys and girls are capable of so much more, Dana Brooke included. So there you have it. Mighty Joe, Corporate Joe, Big Joe, whatever you want to call him, has decided to say that uh, the 24-7 championship being gone, he is okay with because he wants to get things back to good professional wrestling, right? So let's talk about some good professional wrestling to close out the show here today. Speaking with Tokyo Sports. The topic of a dream match came up in the conversation. And this person, I'm not going to mention who yet, but this person stated that he has had plenty of thoughts about a potential showdown with Seth Rollins, the reigning WWE United States champion. He noted that Rollins has actually approached him too about having a matchup. He says, I've mentioned Seth Rollins' name many times, and he's approached me, so I have a lot of thoughts about it. He also says he would prefer and like to have something facing Ricochet as well. Would be a dream come true. Uh, They previously had a memorable clash at the New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Juniors. 23 i did read that there (laughs) he says also considering my history i think it would be a dream come true to fight ricochet one more time i think we've both become completely different wrestlers from when we fought in the past i think 
we're at a turning point right now. And in the past, I've talked with people from the WWE about how it would be great if we could have a dream match in the future that transcends the boundaries of the organization. I don't think it's impossible. And I always want to test my own true abilities. Let's say this person does get the matchups against Ricochet and Seth Rollins. Which of those would you prefer to see Will Ospreay actually in? Sorry, I actually have Raw playing in the background and Dan Brub just came out. So I was a little distracted. <laughs> but I did still hear what you said. Um, like I said, once again, she looks fantastic. Um, for Will, Will Ospreay, I, th- I think that um, given their interaction before with Seth Rollins, you have that built-in storyline already to work off of. You know, with them already butting heads and since um, 2019, yeah, you know, uh, Will Osprey basically schooling Seth Rollins um, when it comes to the um, you know flapping the gums department, best um, wrestling company. Yes, right. So uh, I, I think if that's your money matchup, um, I think um, Osprey and Ricochet are too similar uh, in the ring. Um, I think that you know Seth has a little bit uh, more of a different kind of move set. So I think if that's the better matchup, I think. Um, that's the one I would want to see. Um, okay. Yeah, and I mean, arguably two of the best in the planet. Well, Osprey's one of those guys where it's uh, he's very underrated and underappreciated by the North American wrestling fan base. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that would be the one that I would want to see. Would I want to see him working in WWE? Probably not. Um, I don't think that he would be a good fit there because he no. very much likes to march to the beat of his own drum. You know, He's done some things that... You just have to go look on YouTube. You know, he's done a lot of independent matches. There's one in particular that um, I'm not sure what keywords you would have to search, but it's basically it looks like an indie show, and he basically has a very smaller individual, and he's basically has him rear mounted, and is just dropping what looks like very legitimate um, blows to this kid, and just like just annihilating him. That kind of stuff just would not translate well to a, a WWE uh, show or audience. Uh, but I think maybe like a neutral territory somewhere, a matchup between Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay, I would be very intrigued to see that. And that's essentially what he goes on to really say here when he says, um, I've talked with people from the WWE about how it would be great if we could have a dream match in the future that transcends the boundaries of the organization. I don't think it's impossible, and I always want to test my own true abilities. Um, I, I would Carl, absolutely love it. Like, I think that this is where you, I think going forward, can really kind of morph uh, the idea of the Royal Rumble. Because I think it, you, that's the place where you, you bring in like your Will Ospreys, your Hiromu Takahashi's, you know, people from other promotions yeah. and break that forbidden door down to, just to, to give somebody a chance to just kind of have a little short run through the company get their time to shine and they can kind of go back to their thing. Um, and I think that, that would be very much possible uh, with the triple H uh, regime. Definitely not with right. Vince, uh, but I think it'd be really cool. It just, it's to see a handful of legitimate surprise people coming into the rumble, just like where you're just like, Oh, you know, like what, like when AJ showed up in the 2016 rumble and we were like, Holy shit. Right. And so, I mean, that, that, that was one of the loudest pops. Uh, since Punk returning uh, on AEW, right? You get the you get the Road Warrior pop, right? So I think of that you you bring in like an Okada or 
you know, even just like a handful of big name guys just kind of showing up out of nowhere. And then you have them have a little bit of a, a run in WWE and have some dream matchup scenarios and then go back to Japan or where, or what have you. And I right. think that it's beneficial to both companies involved for that cross oh, yeah. promotion. Right. So, um, we'll see if they do it or do anything similar to it, because I think that, uh, you would really then have the wrestling world talk. You would definitely have us talking. Um, and that's not a bad thing. At least I think anyways, I don't think it's a bad thing either at all. It is definitely something that I would love to yeah. see. Yeah. And with that being said, I still have some left actually. I want to thank our non-sponsored Dr. Pepper for always giving us refreshing drink here with authentic blend of 23 different flavors. Thank you so much to the non-sponsored at this time, Dr. Pepper. And thank you to each and every one of you for coming in, for interacting with us here again today. I absolutely love the interaction. As always, during these shows, you guys are the co-hosts along with me and whoever may be joining me like this week. It was an absolute pleasure to have corporate Joe on here before we got to hear Joe. Is there anything that you want to tell everybody in the universe? Um, just briefly again, I know I had uh, sent over Carl a video last week and it didn't kind of necessarily play all too well because I didn't record a lot. Great. So I apologize. So I'll kind of reiterate um, what I talked about there. Uh, when it comes to Magic the Gathering content on this channel, uh, specifically on, on Turnbuckle Studios, it's going to be on hold for a while because the, the price of being involved in this hobby and, and whatnot has become extremely expensive. Uh, what I was looking at getting together uh, to do the next video would have cost me about 200 bucks, roughly. So a little too hard to make that happen. So I apologize for not being able to deliver that as promised. Uh, but I am going to work at further down the road, I'm just going to spend a little time thinking what's a more affordable way for me to kind of provide some type of Magic the Gathering content for you guys, whether it just be in smaller, you know, just single or double pack openings and that kind of stuff. But as for buying these kind of things all the time, uh, they, they just become too expensive. Um, so we'll just have to hold off that for the time being. And I just hope that uh, you guys understand and I, I got, I'll work on something um, that will hopefully you know satisfy that, uh, people that uh, do like to watch the magic stuff because i know i did get a fair amount of views so i apologize to those viewers and i will work on something for you guys as soon as possible and i appreciate your honesty through all of this and letting us know that it is greatly appreciated thank you so much for that so what we are going to do here now is give our goodbyes and say our adieu to each and every one of you. If you want to know where you can find me and how you can see everything that I am doing right there, once again, is a QR code that will take you to my link tree, which will allow you all the different socials that I am involved with, as well as the Turnbuckle Studios YouTube page, the Facebook page, the Twitch, the Twitter, my personal Twitter account as well. It is all available right there for you. Scan that QR code. Thank you once again to each and every one of you. And remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>